Hi, this is Bimi Shavery, and I am here with your daily dose of energy. I know it has been about a week since I have spoken with you guys, and I have missed you, and I know that you have missed me as well, so I am ready to get right into it. Today's episode, I am feeling as though there are a lot of things that are going on. There are a lot of things that are changing. There are a lot of things that are shifts. There are a lot of things that are unfolding that are both seen and unseen. And it's very important that in the midst of everything that is happening, that we channel a part of ourselves where we're able to literally sit and review what has already unfolded. And I feel as though one of the things that is so important, especially when it comes to understanding, healing, recovering, and navigating through the different things that are occurring in life, that we as a unit are able to sit with what has already happened and really look at the lessons and really look at the jewels that we have found in the midst of the chaos. So what I'm going to do on this episode is I want to review the previous six months. I want us to go through being that we have just gone into a phase of Mercury going retrograde. We have Neptune that is one day away from going uh, retrograde. We will officially have six planets in retrograde and that is a huge deal that is a big big deal we are in the midst of a cycle of eclipses and we have so much that has already unfolded and so before we go into the next six months of what is going to happen I want to give you guys an overview kind of refresh your mind on what has already happened, some things that I am anticipating that are going to currently unfold or could potentially unfold going forward based on the placements astrologically. And I also wanna give you guys an overview, a brief overview of what each planet signifies, what could potentially, um, the energy that could potentially be coming with that particular shift, and just a review of what has already occurred so that you are in a space where you're able to process and you're able to sit with what has already happened because that is what retrograde season is all about retrogrades are about sitting with reviewing replenishing and allowing yourself to re-image what it is you've already gone through reevaluating your life as a whole both on a global level but intimately as well most importantly it's about going within and so that is something that I feel is very very necessary that is something that I want to share with you guys I know a lot of you love the astrology breakdowns that I give monthly and I often well last month I gave a mid mid month as well but there's so much happening and so many things happening I feel like this is a very very important time to review what we have already gone through And a lot of times people don't even realize how much they've already faced throughout everything because you're so engulfed in the now. And so it's very important for us to just review and sit with uh, everything that has happened and sort of get a perspective so that we can do something maybe a little different going forward as far as how we are approaching our life and what we are choosing to value as of importance. And we are able to create a strategy that works for us, not just one that works for uh, people that are benefiting from us per state. It's about really stepping into what works for you, your troops and owning it and not allowing yourself to become whatever 
you are being encouraged to become by pressure, right? So what I'm going to do is take a brief interlude. I want you guys to get you some paper, get you some pen, get you something to drink, get yourself in a very comfortable space so that you can sit with the information that I am sharing. You can take notes if you need to, and you can prepare yourself for the information overload that I am going to break down for you and try my hardest to give to you in a dose that is not too overwhelming, but it definitely gives you enough information to know how to move forward. Okay. Um, yeah, so let's do that. I'll be back in just a second. Okay guys. So I am back and what I want to do, if you notice that there is no background, um, music it is because I wanted to just let you hear me because I need you guys to feel (laughs) every bit of what it is I am trying to explain to you guys I have there are several different um episodes that I recorded since October of last year, October 2019, that were literally not protecting, but providing an overview and a sort of a path for us to follow as we are getting very, we were getting very, very close to the closing of cycles. And I remember speaking to you guys a lot, even before December, when we did the four week course on releasing and letting go. And we had all those things going on. And I got, and I told you guys that it was very important for you to stick with it because 2020 was going to be a lot. It was going to change our lives in a way that we'd never, ever prepared for. And because we had not prepared for it, And we didn't know what to expect. It was important to empty out baggage, anything that was holding us back, anything that we felt we needed to release, anything that we felt we needed to let go of. It was very necessary to do so because if we did it, you run the risk of being in overload, right? And operating out of a deficit. These are some things that I spoke about and I continue to speak about all through October 2019, minimal, but it it could have went back further than that. But I know October 2019 is when I really started to feel the shifts that were coming. Okay. Now, I will definitely let you guys know that when I listen to those particular episodes from October all the way up to, I'll say March, The things that I was speaking about, I can't believe how accurate they were. And I can't believe how astrology works. If I had not been in a space where I was actively studying it and learning and growing with the process of it, there would be no way that I would have known or even been able to somehow predict in any way, shape or form the intensity that this year would bring. Okay. And as much as I want to be able to tell you guys that it is getting easier, 
I would be lying to you. And that's not what my duty is. My duty is to be honest. My duty is to share with you the truth of everything, whether it feels good or not. Now, I'm going to explain it to you in a way that gives you a refresher. But I will encourage each of you, because when I record episodes again, I'm in that particular energy. I'm in that particular moment. I'm in that spirit of what I'm speaking about. So the things that resonated then may resonate even more so now. And then things that didn't resonate may resonate with you in a way that you didn't think they would even be, wouldn't even be possible to um, now. So it's very, I would very, 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 very highly suggest you guys to go back and listen to um, the astrological portions are just any of the episodes that where I'm gearing up in preparation to what is occurring this year, all the way to the meditation and the prayer and all of that, that we did January, um, December 31st, going into January 1st. I will tell you guys, there were a lot of things that were happening. There's a lot of things that are still happening and the growth that I feel myself is incredible, incredible, incredible. Okay. And it's not saying things are are peaches and cream. No, no, that's not what any of this journey is about. It's about understanding where you are. It's about understanding how you've grown and where you've gone and how you have navigated through. So I will definitely tell you guys, it's very important. It's not about predicting any events. It is about knowing what could potentially come and also understanding that You can never 100% prepare for anything, but if you do your part in preparation, it makes whatever it is you're facing much easier, okay? Now, before I go on and on and on, because y'all know I I can get long-winded, I'm trying not to be so long-winded, but I have a lot to say. I haven't spoke with you guys in a while, and this is something that I feel is very important because we need to remember where we came from in a sense of astrologically speaking (laughs) and put it in a practical sense. I definitely have more things that I want to speak to you guys about when it comes to mental health and emotional health and um, overall wellness and helping assist with the navigation through these entire uh, movements that are going on. I, I will definitely get to that, but I also feel like it's important for me to shift the energetic space. So you guys don't lose track of the, of the purpose, right? It is a lot of distraction, a lot of things happening, a lot of upheaval that is to come. And if you are easily moved and your roots are not planted, then you will be like falter. You will not be grounded. You will not be planted and you will be easily moved. And that is what we don't need to happen, especially in a time when fertilizing your seeds requires you to be still. Okay. so what I'm going to do first is I'm going to go through. The elements. I'm going to give you a breakdown, a brief, brief breakdown, because, again, I explain a lot of astrological aspects throughout this podcast, throughout all of these 200 plus episodes. You can find a lot of information about the signs and all of that kind of stuff. What I'm going to give you guys, because what I'm going to explain to you when I do the review of what aspects have taken place astrologically, it's important for you to understand what I'm talking about language wise. So I'm going to go through what each planet is, what the um, energy of that planet is so that you understand what I'm speaking about in terms and you're able to 
put it together. That's why I stated for you guys to get your notes, because that's going to be very important when you are trying to piece together the parts and you're putting it in comparison to your life. OK, so. First, when I'm speaking about astro, astrological terminology, whatever the case may be, um, when I'm speaking about the elements, when you hear someone say, for instance, we are in cancer season, cancer is a water sign. When you hear people saying I'm a water sign or I'm, I'm a Taurus, which means they're an earth sign, what does that even mean? Right. And what is the energy of that particular element? So you have astrological signs that are evenly divided into four main elements. That's water, fire, earth, and air. Okay. Now you may hear people call these triplices because each element rules three signs, right? But it doesn't matter. This basically your water sign, your fire sign, your earth sign, your air sign, just to keep it in practical sense. OK, now knowing what your element rules helps you to understand basic personality of that particular element. Right. So knowing what elements predominate in people that, you know, could help you to understand them, understand and communicate better and also understand whatever type of energetic space you are currently in. Now, keep in mind, this is only for a sun sign. When you're speaking about what sign you are, the more you learn about astrology, you understand that the sun sign is the sign that is most used. That is the sign that is, um, it, it represents who you are, who people see you as, not necessarily who you are or how you actually are, but who people see you as the sun sign is your being sign, right? It's, it's the, the part of you that shines out to the people, right? So you have your sun sign, but you also have your moon sign and you have your Venus and you have all that, but that, well, that's totally, I don't want to lose you. Okay. So when you know what your sign is, understanding that you are a water sign, understanding that you are a um, earth sign, fire sign, whatever the case may be. You also have to understand what that means when it comes to the um, natural rhythm of that particular sign. OK, so now that you know what your element is, it's also important for you to know what the qualities are of those particular signs. Is it a cardinal? Is it a fixed? Is it mutable or, or, or what, you know, what does it mean? So to understand the quality of that, let's say each quality has a special role to play in relationships, right? It's like the four seasons. So if this is difficult to understand and you kind of don't understand what I'm talking about, relax, you'll get it. Just think about it like this. To understand your quality, you first have to know the element that you are. If you don't know that you're an earth, air, fire or water sign, then you can't understand the quality that that energy brings. OK, so let's say you are let's say you say you are a cardinal. You know that you're a cardinal sign. If you are a cardinal sign, a cardinal sign means that you are either a Aries which represents spring. You are a Cancerin, which represents summer. You are a Libra, 
that represents autumn or you are a Capricorn that represents winter. Okay. You are one of those four. If you claim to be a cardinal sign, if you are a cardinal sign, even though you are a cardinal sign, doesn't mean that you operate in the same way as other cardinal signs. A cardinal sign is to be the initiator of the season. You are the oldest of that season. You are the mature one of that season. You are either the mother, the father, the, you are the leader of that particular group. Okay. If you are a fixed sign, cardinal energy takes control. Cardinal energy likes to go after what it is. It knows is right for it. A cardinal sign is typically the mother, the nurturer, the father, the dominant, the authority, the person that goes after full of passion. The, these are the people who initiate whatever they need to do to get it done. They don't wait on anyone to get it done. They are the ones that take the lead in it. Okay. Whether it be in any aspect of your life. Okay. Fixed signs, a fixed sign. You're either a Taurus, which represents spring Leo, which represents summer Scorpio, which represents autumn and Aquarius, which represents winter. These are fixed signs. What is a fixed sign? A fixed sign. That means you are the second month in that season. And it is your job to maintain the season. So you have a cardinal energy that is leading the season. Then you come in as the foundation, right? You're the foundation. Your job is to hold it together. No matter what is happening on the outskirts, your job is to be grounded, planted, and unmovable, fixed, stuck, right? And that could be a good or not so good thing, depending on what the situation is. But regardless, when you are a fixed sign, your job is to be planted in whatever season you are to be planted in. Okay, so think of a fixed sign as the foundation. The cardinal sign is the leader. It's the it's the head. It's the person that initiates it all, starts it off. We plant in the seeds, but we need the ground. We need the fertilizer. We need the foundation, right? And then you have mutable signs. If you are a mutable sign, you're either a Gemini, which is late spring, Virgo, which is late summer, Sagittarius, which is late autumn, or Pisces, which is late winter. Being a mutable sign means that you are the third and the final month within each season. Okay, and the role of these signs is to prepare for the transition into the next season. Okay, so when you are a mutable sign, it means that you are movable. It means that you're not planted either which way. You don't have a set way to be. You are adaptable. You adapt to the climate. You adapt to the scenery. You adapt to the um, whatever is required of you to see it through to get you to the next part. So you have the cardinal signs that lead everything, right? This is who is leading into. We're pioneering, we're enterprising, we're getting it going. Then you have the fixed signs. They're concentrating on the energy and solidifying what happens and they are the foundation and they are the grounded version of whatever climate they are currently in. And then you have the mutable signs. This is where 
They are put in a position to adapt to the scenery. They are to communicate what is happening within the season to prepare what is going to be needed to turn and transition into what's coming next. So their duty is to be communicative, to be flexible and destructive at the same damn time, because whatever doesn't work can't go into the next season. Whatever has been holding this season back by the time it comes back to your season, the process is supposed to be a completed cycle. So you can't take dead leaves and dead soil and dead seeds over to what is coming next. So that is the job of the mutable signs. Okay, so those are the signs. Now, each sign in each category have different characteristics. They are different. They are not the same. They have different personality traits. They have different um, uh, roles to play within their element, but they are grouped together by their quality and by the element of their cardinal fixed or mutable um, character as well. Okay, so that's why I gave you the breakdown of what a cardinal sign is, which signs are considered cardinal, which signs are considered fixed, immutable, etc. So on so that, you know, what it is that I'm speaking about generally. But when we're speaking about a cancer, Pisces or Scorpio, yes, they're all water signs, but they are not all one in the same because you have one that is a fixed sign. One is a cardinal and one is mutable. They have different roles to play within their watery season. Okay. Now, going into Neptune or not Neptune, we're going into planets. Now, I speak a lot in astrologically uh, in astrological language when we're speaking about planets and we're speaking about zodiac signs and we're speaking about astronomy and astrology as a whole. That sometimes the language can be lost because people don't quite understand what it is you're speaking about because things are going so fast and. A lot of times when I'm giving overviews for the month, I briefly touch on what it is. But by that time, I'm, I'm assuming that you've already heard me speak about these particular planets and you've already heard me speak this language. So you're kind of familiar with it. But in case you're not, this is why we're doing this refresher six months back, because before I get into what has occurred astrologically from January up until now, it's important that you understand the terminology that I'm using so that you understand how to view the energy in each of them. OK, so this will help you to understand and pinpoint the circumstances and the situations that have occurred in our life thus far this year. OK, now. First planet that we're going to speak about is I'm going to speak about Neptune. Now, for whatever reason, Neptune has been one of my favorite planets for as long as I can remember. And I never understood why I didn't know if it was because of the color of it or it just it just I just felt really, really connected to Neptune. OK, so Neptune is the planet of inspiration, of illusions, uh, subconscious fantasies, magical spirituality. This is um, this particular planet is a higher octave of Venus. So we'll get to Venus, but this is a higher octave to Venus. Okay, Neptune brings, like I stated, it's bringing Venus to a higher space. So it is bringing beauty to a higher, more spiritual, in depth level. 
Okay. Now it all, it also holds where it can, it covers your dreams and subconscious, the illusions, fantasies, all things, spirituality, magical, and all these things. So on the flip side, the positive is it intensifies the aesthetic of Venus. However, it can also bring with it a shadow side, which is the illusion of, and the disconnect if it's not really attuned. Okay. Now, Neptune intensifies intuition, teaches us to be deeply compassionate. Maybe this is why I felt so connected to it. As a water sign, I am very naturally, these are my things. So Neptune is something that I've always felt was a part of me, um, along with the moon, which is another one we will get to. So Neptune often asks us to sacrifice for the greater good or love for one another. So it's a very selfless energy. That particular planet is very, very selfless. Now, Neptune refines, purifies, and cleanses. So any planet that is visiting Neptune will come away purer. This planet cannot bear coarseness. It's highly, highly sensitive, and it gets more in tune with subtleness, right? And therefore increases the artistic side of your personality, it rules all visual communication, whether it's symbols, gestures, uh, such as photography, film, ballet, other dance arts, music, painting, portrait, etc. So on. OK, Neptune also rules the sea in all bodies of water. So it governs rain, ice and all liquids, including beverages and alcohol. Which is why when Neptune is in a deficit, it intensifies addictions and it intensifies uh, people who overindulge. Okay, Neptune, Neptune rules drugs, um, which make us suffer. And it also rules the drugs that make you better. So it just depends, again, where it falls. Neptune is also known as the planet of mist. It makes us want to escape everyday life and enter into a more ideal heavenly state, more fantastical type of energy. It urges us to grow and push beyond your boundaries and reject anything that holds you back. OK, so Neptune also alters the reality and it can be very, very, very cloudy when it comes to your perceptions. So there are times that Neptune can come in and complicate issues and make it hard to decipher the facts. Neptune can make you feel like you are being deceived or you are always in a position to deceive or manipulate others. Right. So bear in mind that Neptune's visions are not always real. Sometimes it is Saturn's job to give us the cold hard truth. So when Saturn is going opposite of Neptune and it falls in a deficit, it could be intensifying and breaking down the walls of the illusions that have been built and the things that you thought were real that were not in the, the lies and all of the escapisms that you have allowed yourself to indulge in that have held you back opposed to helping you to move forward. Okay. So Neptune is definitely here to balance out the hardcore truths that we may get from, let's say, Saturn, but it also can be something that illustrates that type of energy. So it just depends on where it's falling. Neptune is the ruler of Pisces, okay? And it takes 146 years to circle the zodiac. 
and it stays about 14 years in each sign. So Neptune is a very slow moving. It's very, very slow. And because it's ruled in Pisces, it intensifies whatever it is that it's in. But it's very slow. It's a very, very slowful yet impactful journey. So Neptune is a very important planet to pay attention to when it does either go retrograde, which it's about to, or when it's direct and switching signs. Okay. Next, we have the sun. The sun is the brightest star in the universe. So it's not particularly a planet. It is a star. Okay. It is the center of our solar system and the vital heart in any horoscope. So when you're speaking about my cancer and most times people are speaking about their sun sign, that is what is being seen again from the world is looking at you from your sun sign, how you appear to be based on your sun sign. Most people don't understand that is how you can have three different cancerians and they are totally different. Or you can have three Cancerians that are very similar. That's because of the placements in their natal chart. It has nothing to do with them just being Cancerians. There are different types of individuals. There are so many things that make up a different personality within that Zodiac. But that's, again, a whole nother thing. So I don't want to lose you. Going back. Now, the sun, again, the sun is the center of the solar system and it is the vital heart in any type of horoscope. So without the sun, there will be no life. You need the sun for survival. The sun rules your will. It rules your pride. It rules your determination, heart, health, vitality, uh, the recognition you receive for your work, your sense of purpose, the motivation that you have for your goals. Your sun is your ego. Okay, it's governing how you see yourself, your self-esteem. This planet also determines how others view you. As I stated to you, this is what. People see when they interact with you. This is the presence you exude. And an essentially masculine type of energy. This is the masculine. Your sun is your masculine energy. Okay. It wills influence over the significant men in your life, especially those in positions of authority. This could be your father, your current boyfriend, your husband, guy friend, male boss, etc. Boss, client, whatever. And the sun rules all daylight in the same way it rules public recognition and self image by uh, illuminating who we are. The sun also clarifies the characteristics, any planet it touches and reveals truths about that planet. So when the sun is in cancer, as it is now, we are in cancer season, which means everything is highlighted under that cancerian aspect, which is home, nurturing, stability, Um, emotional intelligence. Those are the things that are being highlighted within this season when the sun is in whatever sign it is in. Okay. And it clarifies those characteristics in a, in, in a way that it's revealing the truth. It is revealing things that are both unseen, seen, and things that are needing to be um, identified. Okay. If the sun and Jupiter are communicating in, let's say a special Uh, a special configuration, like a special order, Jupiter's goodness and expansion would be illuminated and made even more brilliant by the sun. It'll make it um, more positive. So it's going to expand. Jupiter is going to expand on the Cancerian traits. It's going to make those things bigger, better, more uh, appealing per state. Okay. So 
Under the nurturing light of the sun, Jupiter's strengths intensify as do the benefits of that particular sign. So understanding that understands what you're dealing with when you enter into a new season, because when you enter into a new season, you're entering in the sun and you're entering in that sun into that particular element. So the sun takes about a year to move through all 12 signs of the zodiac and the sun guards your heart. It is the ruler of the sign of Leo. Leo is all about pride. Leo is all about ego. Leo is is a, a very beautiful, bright, powerful energy. Okay. And that is the sun. Okay. Then you have the moon. The moon. Cancerians are definitely uh, ruled by the moon. Okay. What does that look like? What does that mean? Well, the moon drives your deepest feelings. When people say Cancerians are emotional, they have no idea. They have no idea. Does not mean that we're crying all the time. Trust me, if you see a tear, you better either run or you know I'm extremely happy. There is no in between. I'm not just crying because, you know, somebody stepped on my toe wrong. No, I'm, I'm crying because either I'm really, really, really pissed off and I can't express it or I'm super, super, super happy and I can't express it. So it's, it's no, it's no just, oh, it's just a nice day. I'm crying. No, absolutely not. But some people who are Cancerians are that way. You have some that are more sensitive in a, a outward way than those who are internally. It just depends. Again, there are different levels to this. Now, the moon is driving your deepest feelings, which is why people don't understand the moon shifts and controls the waves of the ocean. And if a Cancerian or a water sign is ruled by water, then as the moon turns, so does our inner world. So do our feelings. So do our um, existence, right? So it's fine tuning your character, your instinct, your intuition, emotions, and your reactions. The moon also rules your private life. What is hidden? What is behind the scenes? Hence full moons. Full moons all about revealing. It's all about bringing down the open what's there. New moons are all about new beginnings. It's about renewals, you know? So since the moon is a feminine energy, you have the moon, night, the sun, day. The feminine rules your mother and how you perceive her. How does the same for any of the important females in your life, including your wife, girlfriend, female boss, your grandmother, girlfriend, wife, and self? How are you viewed and how do you view them? If the sun represents where you're going, then the moon represents where you've been. So the moon signifies the relationship you have with yourself and others. It, it rules your history. It rules your background. It rules your ancestry, right? Your emotional development and your roots, your ability to get in touch with your feelings. is dictated by planetary aspects to the moon. Female lunar cycle is guided by the moon. The calendar dates that we go by governed by the moon, okay? The dynamics surrounding the moon can also indicate the state of your health, okay? The moon rules a sign of cancer, the stomach and breast, and the light of night. Obviously, it's the moonlight, right? The moon takes approximately 28 days, lunar cycle, hey, to orbit the zodiac, and it spends two to three days in each sign every month. So every month, the moon changes signs every two 
to three days. Now, if every sign has its own energy, imagine every two and a half days you being geared and connected to the moon in a way that it is like clockwork on your inner world, solar, inner solar world, right? That is a lot of movement. That is a lot of energy. That is a lot of uh, intuition and intuitive hits because they are all connected, right? So every month there is a new moon, depending on where it falls in your horoscope or in your zodiac sign or whatever, it shows which areas would be favored for the new beginnings of that month because every month has a new moon. Every month has a full moon. A full moon arrives two weeks after the new moon, depending on where that moon falls in the chart. It could be time to reap the benefits or the consequences of earlier actions. So whatever was done around the new moon, whatever was shared, exposed and revealed during the new moon is going to um, be closed in cycle when it comes to the full moon. So you're either going to reap the benefits at the end of that cycle or you're going to reap the consequences. Either way, karma pays you a visit one way or another. Okay. now. On to Mercury. Oh, Mercury, Mercury, Mercury. Okay, so Mercury is the mythological messenger. It communicates information. Um, It represents non-emotional, high rational, objective thoughts. Its placement in a sign determines the sign's intellectual style. So if in your natal chart, if someone, if you're familiar with your, your natal chart, you have a Mercury in your Cancer in Mercury, your Mercury's in Cancer, which mine is. <laughs> no, y'all don't even want to know how much water I have in my in my natal chart. But anyway, so Mercury is in Cancer. That means your the way you communicate is going to be as a characteristic of that particular sign, which is Cancer for me. Right. Even though Mercury is non-emotional, my non-emotions is a lot different than someone who's detached emotionally. So Mercury. Mercury is a very fast moving planet. It's flexible, responsive and easily adaptable. It's a big part. A big part of his job is to disperse information such as perception, language, writing, editing, research, speaking, all kinds of learning experiences, learning styles, assessment of data, etc. So on. It rules telecommunications, commuting, um, computing, software, electronic Uh, gadgets, the postal service, shipping, couriers, and all forms of transportation. This planet has a lot of responsibility. Okay. When Mercury retrogrades, which it currently is in retrograding cancer, mm, it scrambles information, causes confusion, static delays. Um, It affects how you communicate in a big, big way universally. Now, let's think back to last week on the 19th of June, 2020, when all of the major phone carriers, all of the sales towers were completely down. Okay, completely down. Nothing worked. Not your Internet, not your phone. You weren't able to make calls. You weren't able to get calls. Weren't able to get texts. Weren't able to go to the store and use your credit cards. This was this was the very first day Mercury went retrograde in cancer. So 
Think back to how you felt when you realized I can't talk on the phone. I'm not getting calls. I'm not able to dial any calls. And I'm going to tell y'all straight up. My life partner was like where he couldn't reach me. Now he's he's military. He's not able to just stop and do whatever he wants to do because he's working. He's busy. But he happened to be in my city. He was with he was here. So he's at work. I didn't know the phones weren't working. I just knew that I wasn't able to get something was like, I can't reach him. Like, why can't I get why isn't my phone dialing out? When I tell you he had been trying to call me, had been trying to text me, nothing happened. He literally came to my home to check on me. That is remind remind yourself, Mercury was retrograding in Cancer. Cancer is all about the home and it's all about nurturing and it's about family, it's about feelings, it's about, you know, mothering, it's about um making sure where you lay your head and what you love and what you care for is taken care of, right? When you can't reach a person that is under that dynamic, what do you do? You show that you care. You go after, you try to find them. You try to, you know, protect them. You try to do what you need to do to make sure that they're okay. Because again, at this time, we didn't know the phone towers were down. I had just sent him an email that was telling him, hey, if you're trying to reach me, I just saw that this was not, you know, the, the services were down because I've been trying to reach you. I had no idea he was en route to my place. So this is what happens when Mercury goes retrograde. So during Mercury retrograde, it's very, 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 very important that you understand that when it comes to communicating when it comes to signing big contracts, completing important transactions, accessing accurate information, making any type of big decisions that you don't or you're very, very cautious if you have to, because the sign and house in which Mercury resides in one's chart reveals a lot about that person's natural style of gathering and giving out information. How do you communicate? Because my Mercury is in cancer, I communicate in a very nurturing, protective um, way. I'm very, very clear on how I communicate as a personality, but I'm always thinking about how another person will feel once I communicate it and how it's going to come off while I'm communicating. So these are things that are very, very important when you are looking at how these planets affect you. Mercury rules your sibling relationships, maps, letters, travel plans, appointments, roadways, vehicles, advertising, publishing, sales, etc. So on public relations, everything, everything, everything. And it also rules Gemini and Virgo. So Mercury is the ruler of Gemini, which is chatty, chatty, patty. And then Virgo, who's very, very, very analytical. So you have two signs, one air, one earth, total different elements that are ruled by the same planet. So the effects of each planet or the effects of the planet in each sign is going to differ, even though Mercury itself rules all things communication. So that is how you're able to decipher how this particular planet in retrograde will affect you. Now, Mercury spends about two to three weeks in each sign naturally. But when it retrogrades, which it does three to four times a year, it can stay in one sign as long as 10 weeks. Never far from the sun, it takes about one year to completely circle the zodiac, okay? Now we're going to go into Venus, okay? Venus and then Mars, Saturn, and Jupiter, Uranus, and Pluto, okay? 
Okay. Venus. Venus rules your affections, your heart, love, life, and your pleasures, including gifts. Now, this is a feminine planet. It also rules beauty, fashion, adornment, art. Okay. Remember when we were just speaking about um, Neptune and how Neptune intensifies or heightens Venus's characteristics naturally? Okay. So the feminine planet because it it rules the beauty, fashion, adornment, and art, the planet of grace makes the world more attractive and fun. It rules aesthetics. There is another thing about Venus that many people don't know about or people don't like to really talk about because the Venus placement in a chart can bring strong financial favor and mater, mater, material. Uh, Mercury, leave my mouth alone. <laughs> I'm trying, uh, um, placement in a chart that can bring strong financial favor and material gain, but it can also, depending on where it is, be uh, in a place that makes it very difficult. For instance, when Venus retrogrades, which Venus has been retrograding, and it finally is going to go direct on the 25th, which is tomorrow. Now, Venus also, because it governs everything that is beauty, Venus brings to us opportunities to hear music, eat good food, enjoy beautiful perfume, um, good wine. Your taste, your your senses are heightened when Venus is around because Venus is all about aesthetic of. It is about the appearance of. It is all about the luxury of something, right? And it makes you more motivated to see the beauty in whatever, whatever it is that you are indulging in. Venus can help you when it comes to being seductive, when it comes to love and comes to sexuality and sensuality. Um, It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful energy, right? Venus is very alluring. It is magnetic. It is receptive. It is a planet that is never aggressive, never, ever aggressive. It is, it could be very passive aggressive, but it is a very flowy, feminine, sexy type of vibe, okay? The assertiveness of it would be left to more like Mars, which is the cosmic lover. Like they're just like yin and yang and they make a great pair. They really do. They make a really great pair together. But Venus is able to get away by using the charm instead of force. So Again, that passive, that passive aggression type of energy that lures you in. Very captivating, very seductive. OK. Um, some see this planet as a bit uh, hedonistic. Right. And it's true. Venus tends to not be deeply thoughtful, ethical or moral, which means it's, it, depending on where it falls, like when you have Venus and Scorpio, you might want to be a little bit mindful of how Venus, how you're acting or how you're coming off. And um, you could be very, very, very loose. You can uh, doesn't matter. You don't have any boundaries. You don't have any like um, you're just ready to do whatever for whatever for, you know, whoever you want to do it for. Like that type of energy when it comes to the sexuality, depending on where Venus falls in your in your particular chart. But overall, it is a very... Um, it's a very, it's just an alluring energy, right? It thinks about, thinking about consequences is a job that they leave to Saturn. It's not, Venus doesn't really think about what it's doing. It just does it because it feels good. It looks good, tastes good, it wants to do it. Um, deciding what is just is left to Jupiter. So Jupiter decides if it's good or bad. And if it expands on the good or bad, that's Jupiter. Saturn 
um, determines if what the consequences of that action is going to be, the discipline and authority that's needed to be in place, such, et cetera, so on, right? So cold heart analysis of facts, of course, is Mercury's job. The information that you get from Mercury is usually quite reliable because it observes and it's completely unemotional, which is why Aquarius loves and Mercury uh, loves Gemini and the air signs because it's logical. It's not about the emotional depth. It's about thinking the feelings opposed to feeling them. So like Mercury, Venus stays very close to the sun. It remains in a sign for two to three weeks, unless it retrogrades in which it currently has. And it's about to go out of retrograde. But when it retrogrades, it stays in a sign for as long as five months. We had a pretty short uh, retrograde, a little over a month um, this time. And it did retrograde in Gemini. So the t- this planet typically takes from 10 to 12 months to go around all the signs. So though it can take longer again, if it, if it retrogrades, Venus is the natural ruler of Taurus and Libra, which are the feminine um, aspects of earth and air, right? You have Libra, which is an air sign, but it's the feminine, more balanced, more uh, nurturing of the air signs. And then you have Taurus, which is the more, it's an earth sign. It is very slow, grounded and moving, but it's also the more sensual, seductive of the earth, right? So then you have Mars. Mars is the planet that gives energy to other planets or houses in the zodiac. So this is a very aggressive, assertive, forceful, energetic, courageous, competitive planet. When Mars, which Mars is about to be in Aries, which is fire, fire, fire. Okay, this red planet governs the whole spectrum of masculine energy. Masculine does not mean men. It just in most cases, I mean, when you think of masculine, you do think of a male, but Everyone has a feminine and masculine energy within them, which everyone dominates, uh, dictates your persona in a sense. So if you're more feminine, you may come off more sexual, womanly, girly, all of that. If you're more masculine, you come off more as the disciplinarian, authoritative, whatever. So from sex to war. Right. This is the the planet that governs everything masculine known as warrior. It's known for its courage, passion, strength, stamina. Um, It's also famous for its ability when in harmony to help you outlast or outdistance adversary. So anything you're up against, you have the uh, will and you have the uh, power to go up against it and actually get through whatever it is that you're dealing with. Right. Mars governs all sharp instruments, fire and anything combustible. Mars is a planet that is helping you to endeavor in any in any endeavor that requires endurance and determination. And it's when its rays are positive, Mars has the ability to lend survival instincts into the situation. Mars also allows you to keep progressing even when you want to give up, even when things are getting really, really rough and it's tough. Mars is that energy that comes in and gives you that extra boost that you need. Now, if Mars is too energetic and emotional outbursts could erupt and there could be a danger of physical accident. So if you're looking for a sense of spirit or gusto and just about any endeavor, Mars is definitely that planet that. It helps you to combat that. Now, Mars does take two years to go around the zodiac. It stays in each sign for six to seven weeks. If it retrogrades back and forth in a sign, it can settle in for as many as seven or eight months. So it depends on 
where it is. Its natural ruler is Aries and the co-ruler of Scorpio. So that means that Mars loves to be in a sign it is meant for. It loves to be in Aries because Aries is a cardinal a fire sign. It is about action. It's about getting shit done. And Scorpio is the fire of the water sign. So it loves to be in Scorpio. It's passionate. It's sexy. It's sensual. It is a lot, but that energy it loves to be in. Then you have Jupiter. Jupiter is known as the planet of good fortune. It's known as expansion. It's, it expands the opportunity and benefits within the houses that it is in. Okay. This planet rules wealth and solid financial and material gain. So Jupiter, in addition to it being a planet of expansion, it also brings vision, faith, optimism, loyalty, justice, confidence, wisdom, um, it paints a bigger picture and make you think in a way that expands your perspective in a way that helps you to enhance whatever it is that you are viewing, however you're viewing it. It changes your uh, thought process from thinking small to thinking big or thinking about big picture. Think big picture when you think of Jupiter. Think about it. Um, you have all the planets in the solar system, except the sun, which is really a star, as I've stated, and put them all together. Jupiter is physically bigger than all of those planets put together. So Jupiter is huge, huge, uh, huge. Okay. That's why we call Jupiter the expansive planet because it's the great benefactor. It is huge. It expands anything it connects to. It makes it bigger. And that can be a good and a bad thing because it can also expand in areas of your life where you're needing to do work. Right. So Jupiter allows us to find a higher meaning or purpose in the sector it visits and encourages us to reflect, study and attain higher education. Since long distance travel is a factor of the education sector, having Jupiter in your sign may inspire you to travel far and wide or much more frequently than you usually would. Jupiter is a natural ruler of Sagittarius. So Sagittarius is a beautiful energy. We know that it's a fiery energy. We know that. And it is happy. It is just a, a positive of the fire signs. And this planet takes 12 years to go around. So each sign gets a blessing for one full year. So wherever Jupiter lands, it's where it's going to be for a year. So you have the benefits or the consequences of whatever, wherever that sign lands during that time. Then we have Saturn. Saturn, Saturn, Saturn. Saturn is the planet of concentration, permanence, tangible rewards, tenacity, ambition, productivity, discipline, authority. Um, it rules caution, delay, constriction, limitation, responsibility, regulation, fear, pain, uh, control, denial, anything about structure, anything that has to do with foundation. This is the planet that is in control, okay? Without Saturn, we would see little or no progress though because we need those things to push through anything. Otherwise, nothing would get done, right? And our personal lives are globally. So we live in a very tangible world. Saturn urges us to deal with the reality. Without Saturn, we would have no gumption, no standards, no controls, no structure, just a hot ass 
chaotic mess okay saturn grabs us by the collar forces you to confront your truth it forces you to deal with the things that you hide under the rug it forces you to deal with the reality at hand and not the illusions that you paint and not the lies that you tell both yourself and that you tell others right government haha anyway so when saturn touches a specific area in your chart, the area experiences a kind of a slowdown, a freeze. It's uh, Saturn is very cold, you know, icy. It ain't really lovey-dovey at all. This planet is very heavy. It, it feels, it makes you feel, and it penetrates what you're feeling deeply, okay? So when we have signs like, when we have times where Saturn is in Jupiter and Sap Saturn is in Pluto, which it has been, which I will get into in the part two where we're talking about uh, everything that has... Um, we're talking about the, the duality of these signs and the energies of these planets and what has happened thus far in six months. You're going to understand what I'm speaking about. Saturn is the great teacher planet, right? It brings maturity, teaches you the value of patience and sacrifice. And it is the ruler of Capricorn. Now, mind you, at the beginning of this year and throughout this year, we have had Saturn and Pluto conjunct in Capricorn. Now, that is the planet which I'm about to get into, Pluto, which is about rebirth, transformation, death, changes, structure on a deep soul level. OK, but that's something else. So Capricorn is home in Saturn. And it rules the base structure of everything. Like I just said, teeth, bones, uh, to the organization hierarchy of a company. It governs historical artistic artifacts. It takes 29 years to cycle and to circle around the Zodiac. And it stays in each sign for two and a half years. Okay. Then we have finally, we have two more. We have Uranus and Pluto. So I'm going to go with Uranus. Uranus is about surprise and all things unexpected. It rules the future of new technology, including all that is newly invented and all that is unimagined and yet to come. Uranus is the father of electricity, shock value, right? Innovative, unpredictable, resourceful, imaginative, um, and experimental. Uranus also rules creativity and scientific genius. Uranus's job is to break rules, demolish established patterns or structures, creating sudden, even radical change. Uranus also works in sudden ways and is called the Great Awakener. Hence the reason 2020 is about the Great Ascension slash Awakening, which I spoke about in December of 2019. Uranus gives a strong impulse for rebellion, independence, and like I stated, shock value, exciting and liberating. Uranus overturns anything traditional, conventional, or orthodox that it deems has outlived its usefulness. And you can probably guess which sign is ruled by Uranus, but wait one second before I tell you. The planet produces quick, liberating results, blending the fact of intuition in its quest to discover universal truth. So it likes to dig deep and it likes to expose those truths quickly without any preparation like Beyonce do when she be dropping songs and albums and things. OK, and uh, Uranus is considered to be the higher octave of the intellectual Mercury. Now, Mercury also loves to be an air sign. So you can imagine what type of element loves to be in Uranus or Uranus loves to be in per state. So you have um, it, it's very strongly objective and brainy with no emotional side. It is not an emotional side at all. It does it 
This is what the facts are. Cold hard facts. We're revealing it. Boom. That's how it is. Right. These people with Uranian influences in their chart are trailblazers, forerunners in their communities are the people who take it and go. They don't wait for any yes or no. They don't wait for any approvals. They just go for it. Period. Point blank. Now, since Uranus also holds sway over social change, it also regulates the global brotherhood of men in all humanitarian concerns, including environmental issues. So as you probably have already guessed, the Uranus rules the Aquarius. Finally, 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 Uranus rules astrology. Everything astronomy and astrology and influential planetary wise is Uranus, Uranus, Uranus. Okay, so the planet stays in a sign for seven years and therefore it takes 84 years to complete the the total zodiac. And last but not least, we have Pluto, 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 the slowest moving planet. Okay, the slowest moving planet. Pluto rules transformation. It is the father of the phoenix as it rises from the ashes, the symbol of rebirth. Pluto governs the act of ultimate survival in the never ending cycle of beginnings and endings. Pluto's quality as a catalyst for change and metamorphosis cannot be overemphasized. You can never underestimate or overestimate what Pluto is about. It is a cycle. If a cycle is active in the chart, the planet can aid in an individual triumph over the odds. Pluto intensifies and strengthens any sector or planet it touches. It also rules obsessive behavior, taboos, compulsions, um, crisis, sickness, um, d- destruction, anything that has to do with taking what's underneath and pulling it up to the top. Pluto is is there. The Pluto, this planet covers many fundamental issues, including life and death, ultimate transformation. It rules all that is sudden, unseen, buried, including secrets, undercover work, detective, spy work, intelligence, um, anything that has to do with seeing the depths of something, strategic planning, and even the roots of plants and vegetables, because it's a root, right? It also drives unearthing and unmasking of whatever has been hidden. Pluto takes 246 years uh, to circle the Zodiac with a stay ranging from 11 years to 32 years in a sign. And the sign Scorpio is under Pluto's domain. So Pluto rules Scorpio. And as you guessed it, it stays somewhere for a very long time. So being that Pluto has changed into Capricorn, you you know this year has been all about dismantling the structures as I've spoken to you guys about since October of last year. And so now what we're going to do is get into the last six months. I know, I know, I know. It took me about an hour to get through that, but I needed to give you guys a breakdown of everything that has happened planetary wise. But first, before I did that, I need to let you know the language in which I'm speaking. I need to give you a breakdown of the signs as well as the elements. So you understand what I'm saying and you're not lost in the language because I don't want to feel like I'm talking some language. None of us know you know, fluently. So I needed to give you guys that. So I hope you have enough paper and pen. If not, you can turn the page, get you some more water, get you something else to drink. And I'm going to take a little quick break and I'm going to come right back and 
we are going to get into it, okay? For the last part, what has been happening the last six months of 2020? Woo! Be right back. <laughs> 